welcome to episode 258 of the Parkrun Adventures podcast. I am Ollie Spake and I am joined by someone who has sadly promised no more Ellis Palace themed not parkruns before parkruns return in Victoria, Melissa Ellis. Hi Ollie, how are you? I'm, I'm well thanks Mel, how are you? I'm good but you know what, there's a good chance there's going to be another theme. But you promised, I mean that that's wonderful. <laughs> Okay. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, look, we're barely seconds in. Groundbreaking, yeah, update. I know. <laughs> I know. Do, do, do. I had a message from my son's partner just a few days ago because they're coming to stay with our eased restrictions yes. in Victoria. They're going to come and stay on the weekend, which is really exciting. Yeah, Yes. And they're going to be here for Saturday morning. And Leah messaged me and she goes, so what's the theme? What are we doing for Alice Palace? And I was like, oh, 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 oh. oh. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, bonus points. Well done. So nice that they were keen to participate. Yes. So I just said to her, it's a Z theme. Oh, of course. Of course. It's the 30th. It is. It's a Z for all who've earned it and everyone else, all the rest of us. So we're coming out of retirement <sighs> for a Z. Okay. A one-off. That sounds like a special occasion. <laughs> Thanks for kicking us off on a high, Mel. Good work. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, but look, I suppose not missed on me. We've, we've had a not parkrun day. We've, we've had another week. Uh, how's your week been? How was your weekend? Oh, mixed emotions. So actual parkrun day was pretty quiet, Uh, just another pretty stock standard run around the block for me by myself. But we had some big announcements in Victoria with regard to the easing of our lockdown, and that was exciting. And I had the opportunity for a couple of my kids to come visit on Saturday. So that was also a big bonus that I hadn't been expecting yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I got to see a couple of the girls. I got to see Olivia, my daughter Olivia and my daughter Sarah have the afternoon with them. And um, on Sunday I went chasing waterfalls. <laughs> yes. Yes, I did see a reference to waterfalls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I trust you found one. I absolutely did. Ainsbury has their very own waterfall and – I knew of its existence. I had previously on a group run with some other local runners, I'd seen it. I'd ran sort of along a crest where it was visible. Mm. But I also knew from a local photographer that it was possible to get down to the bottom to see it in its entirety. And that was my challenge. Mm. Mm. And so when when a running friend messaged to catch up, And she said, what do you want to do? And I said, oh, come to Ainsbury. I want to go and look for a waterfall. (laughs) And she goes, okay, that sounds like fun. She turns up. She gets out of her car and she's standing there in in gingy socks. I don't know if you're familiar with in gingy socks, Ollie. They're toe socks. Okay. And she's got her ufus on and um, ufus are like a kind of um, a thong. Okay, so she gets out of her car and she's wearing her in gingies and she's got her ufus on and she's searching her car looking for her runners and she can't Mm. find them. 
she can't find them. They're not anywhere to be found. So we're like, okay, so we're going for our our waterfall <laughs> exploration and she's wearing basically her thongs <laughs> with her toe socks. Like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Hey, at least they're supportive. Well, they, yes, but <laughs> this is not the kind of waterfall that is set out for visitors. Okay, yeah. Yeah, there's no viewing platforms. It's just the rough bush. Mm. There's no paths. Bit of bush bashing needed. Yeah, yes. 100%. So we didn't know how to get down to the bottom. I knew there was a way because I've seen photos from the bottom from people from the local area, but I didn't know how to get down there. So we're literally picking our way down an embankment that was really steep. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, my goodness, Cheryl, don't fall off the edge because you're in your (laughs) – you haven't got proper footwear. She's like, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. I'm fine. I'm sliding down on my bottom because I'm like I've got a fear of heights and I'm really scared. Mm. So I'm scooting down this embankment of grass on my bottom so that I don't fall off the edge of the cliff. Oh, my goodness. It took us ages. <laughs> we finally located the the correct um, platform to view the waterfall and get the said photos. Oh, with Bubble Bird, I might add. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't forget the third participant here. <laughs> yes, I had Bubble Bird. He was revisiting yep. the area uh, to do the Ainsbury Junior Park Run course. Uh, a bit of his um, last hurrah, if you like. Oh. I mean, the bubbles are pretty much finished True. now. True. He's just a bird. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a famous bird. He's a very famous bird, mm. yes. A lot of followers. So I had him stuffed down the front of my jacket as I scooted down the embankment. It needs a bit of work, this waterfall. It, it could. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, sounds like it does the job. I mean, there's a waterfall. It's it's an adventure to get there. Heck, you can even do it in Injinjis and Ufus. Oh, um, no. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah, no, it was fun. <laughs> and I've probably gone on too long about that, but there you go. That was that was my big excitement for the weekend. But what about you, Ollie? Well, Mel, you've made more of freedom than I have so far. Um, <laughs> yeah, so well done. Um, this is not meant to be a metaphor, but uh, I got excited about some fences coming down and three new blocks being opened up across the road. So I, I went and ran around them. Excellent. So, yeah, huge adventures for me. <laughs> uh, look, I, I took the opportunity to just measure out what looked like an appropriate uh, running track distance, found out that maybe it was just a little bit long. Uh, so I created the new WAPROM Knot Park Run. Wow. Uh, which is my new Knot Park Run right on my doorstep and uh, consists of a 450-metre, well, sorry, 11 laps of a 450-metre. What? <laughs> or thereabouts uh, course around some well, three of the four streets don't have vehicles on them yet, so it's a nice uh, nice open track just to uh, enjoy the running. 11 laps? Yeah. <laughs> Slightly repetitive. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, it was it was exciting, Mel. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, clearly, clear, clearly someone needs to get out. 
I look for a waterfall, <laughs> waterfall myself. I feel sort of sad for Bass Point, Ollie. <laughs> oh, look, I'll still get out there. The, the dogs are hard to resist. Uh, I still get the opportunity to run out there other days of the week. Mostly because I can't say the other word. <laughs> what, WAPROM? Yeah. yeah. It's not a word, no. <laughs> it's what you come up with when you can't come up with anything. Uh, yes. Yeah, you just throw the street names together. But nonetheless, I got out for yeah a little bit of a little bit of not park running, not nearly enough. Mel, I'm still in September. You, however, I believe have moved on. Oh, from from September to a new challenge. No, I'm still no? in September. Okay. I haven't completed it yet. Well, I thought you'd paused it, perhaps. Oh yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. That is true. So since we last spoke, yes. I completed a tea at Tamworth Wetlands. Mm-hmm. I went over to see Caveman Cam. Yeah. And run his home park run. I'm not sure he was there, but anyway. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, sorry, I'm pausing for the trip trap. Would you just sit down? That's Bambi. We've got an audience tonight, Mel. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I know. Um, I did a U at Underwood Park because that is my U of choice if I ever get to travel again. Ah. Then a V at Varsity Lakes. Mm-hmm. And just yesterday I completed my W at Woi Woi. Well done. To visit our very own Caro. Yeah. I look forward to Woi Woi Park Run someday. Hmm. So only four for me in the last week. But, yes, I am now paused waiting mm-hmm. to complete Y and Z in the next week. Yes, yes. I was going to try to do X today. I did bring up my Google Maps and look at my local area and mm-hmm. see if I could find a suitable X course to run and it just nothing was jumping out at me and it just all looked too hard so I didn't do it <laughs> I piked well I'm not one to criticize Mel um, <laughs> for the piking side of things but mm. uh, yeah it's it's a little deceiving I would have thought well okay you find two straight roads 90 degree angle but um, yeah there's less mm. of them than you would have thought it's not as easy as you think Ollie <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> no, and uh, I wouldn't suggest trying it in the city centre. So, uh, yeah, maybe maybe there's another solution. I, I did take on board that we had the feedback about the snake challenge. Yes. Janet did message us to say that the snake challenge is on the 5K app mm-hmm. and it is to run 10 park runs starting with the letter S. Aha, okay. Yeah, so okay, I have a look. Yes, yeah, that's right. Officially, I've got six. I've done four events starting with S in Victoria and I've got two in New South Wales. I won't tell you what one of them is. I'm sure you can guess. We don't need to say it. No, look, I think that's covered. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's something that I will bear in mind. Okay. For future parkrun touristing. Well, that makes me feel a little better because there are, there are some good S's around and uh, I do need a reason to enjoy them, mm. aside from the fact that they're good S's and, and good park runs. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Mel, I believe you've also been doing some research. Oh, I have. 
after Lindell was at Yowie Park Run yes. and was um, discussing the difference or contemplating the difference between a Yowie and a Bunyip. I thought I'd do some research, Ollie. I just felt like I needed to know <laughs> for myself. So Yowies and Bunyips, they're both from Aboriginal mythology. Mm-hmm. A Bunyip is from the southeast of Australia and is said to lurk in swamps, billabongs, creeks, riverbeds and waterholes, essentially in Victoria. So a bunyip is described as amphibious. Amphibious? How do you? I'd say amphibious. And Yes, that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So a water creature. So a bunyip lives in the water. However, a yaoi lives in the outback. A yaoi is a hairy, ape-like creature with large feet, more like your yeti Mm, and your bigfoot mm, kind mm. of creatures. So, yeah, I believe also more towards the eastern side of Australia. I don't know why the west hasn't got yaois and Mm. bunyips. We're going to have to get onto our West Australian connection to uh, to clue us in there. Hey, gang. Yeah. Let us know what you've got. Over- Why haven't you got y- Yowies and Bunyips over there? Mm. Maybe they've got something else. I'm not sure. Yeah, love to hear. In any case, that's mm. the difference between your Yowie and your Bunyip. Thank you, Mel. You're welcome. Oh, I'm learning lots. I'm learning lots uh, this week. And look, I uh, probably should mention... Um, <sighs> We've already well and truly started, but uh, we do have a few things coming up in the episode this week. Um, we do have an interview uh, with an individual who has a bit of a connection to New Zealand. Uh, plenty more updates on September, as well as, of course, Dazza's and our informant. And Mel, um, aside from a, a roving report from a slightly familiar location, I believe there's a bit of news coming up later on. There is. I'm so excited. You'll have to wait till the end <laughs> and we'll tell you what it is. Yes. So it's a big one. It's an, it's another big one, guys. Uh, so please bear with us. Uh, take a second run. Um, yeah, we look forward to sharing that with you. But, Mel, um, I suppose I wanted to just throw a note of thanks out to our wonderful community once again. Uh, we've mentioned September. Uh, I have completed two more not park runs for my September challenge Uh Marimbula and Orange. Now, I was going to log an N, um, but very kindly uh, we received this message. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Our very own Lyndall said, uh, I have an idea for Oliver Spake. Instead of the one-two skip a few strategy, perhaps the listeners could donate our park runs to contribute to his September streak. I did Nambor yesterday if you need an N. Together, maybe we can get you to Zilmir on time. <laughs> and thank you, Lyndall, and and to the others that were already willing to contribute. I really appreciate that. Um, happily take any not park runs because, frankly, um, everything beyond O is still up for grabs. <laughs> However, <laughs> as someone who likes to own up when he doesn't do his homework, uh, I'm willing to just show up anyway. <laughs> That's so, lovely, uh, though. You, if you want to run a few extra not park runs and dedicate it to me, I really appreciate that. Um, and uh, I will see you at Zilmir, uh, whether I deserve it or not. <laughs> <laughs> She's a legend, Lindell, isn't she? That's right. So, hey, look, 
again, a bit unorthodox, but I still appreciate everyone's motivation. Um, that is uh, inspiration to get me out and motivate me to get out uh, and continue the, the not park running. I've got a pee planned, so uh, I oh. hope to uh, to get out tomorrow. Excellent. Yes. Um, but, yeah, Mel, look, a big one. A big one? A big pod, that is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is so... Probably time to throw to your big interview, Ollie. The interview with Richard McChesney. Let's have a listen now. We're very fortunate to be joined on the podcast this week by a guest who in 13 years of park running so far has racked up a very impressive catalogue of 138 different park runs spanning six countries and I believe 450 events so far. Uh, in doing so, he played a pivotal role in park runs spread into New Zealand, founding its first ever event, Lower Hutt Park Run. Welcome to the podcast, Richard McChesney. Thank you. Thanks very much for joining us, Richard. And uh, I suppose, you know, first question, very keen to hear is, how was your parkrun day? So firstly, um, you mentioned uh, that I've had a pivotal part in starting parkrun in New Zealand, but I'm now back in England, so I am able to um, participate in parkrun because New Zealand's currently in lockdown again. Yes. So this morning I was tower walker at Kingston Parkrun, which is um, my local parkrun, although I think it's the first time I've been back to Kingston Parkrun since 2019. Oh, fantastic! And uh, what was the what was the morning like? Perfect autumn morning. Um, overcast, dead calm. Actually, it's warmer than usual for this time of the year, I'd say. And I'd say we had. Well, actually, I know because I was tail walker. I was two hundred and forty-eight across the line. So two hundred and forty-eight runners and walkers. This is great fun. Fantastic. And you um, clearly have a number of park runs within reach there. I hope I was correct there in that it was 450 today. It was, yes. Obviously, it would have been a bit higher uh, were it not for the last year and a half, but uh, you're inching ever closer to that 500. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, to say, we've, we've had what, about 18 months. It wasn't, wasn't quite that long. Um, yeah, it probably was actually about 18 months of no park run over here. So I would have well and truly been into 500s by now but it's just you know they, they just build up don't they it's not really something that i've been focused on or anything it'll just happen when it happens yeah no that's right and look thank you for volunteering uh, i understand like many passionate park runners you enjoy park run walking quite a lot so maybe just to start us off can you share what it is you like about walking a park run so when i first started parker in 2008 i was a runner um and i'll I was, I'd like to say I was an ultra marathon runner, but I'd only done a few hundred kilometre races, you know, nothing too extraordinary. Mm. But I um, had, we'd moved over to England in 2008. I joined the local Harrier Club and um, I learned about parkrun. So I decided to go along and find out what it was all about. And um, to cut a long story short, I went from um, uh, running park run, um, running ultra marathons to effectively becoming a walker and giving up running altogether due to a series of injuries that um, in 2012 I um, damaged my ankle and have never really recovered from that and so you know, that's why I now walk. Um, but um, I, uh, in so far as walking, I you know will probably walk um, 31, 32 minutes um, when I'm fit. Um, so it's oh. not a slow, not a slow walk. Um, I've got a fastest park run as a walk of 
29.20 or something like that. But you know, quite often I'll just walk 36, 37, 38 minutes. It just depends on what I feel like at the time. Most park runs I do, I actually walk to park run and walk home. And as you mentioned, there's a lot of park runs within um, you know, a short distance of where I live. Um, I think there's probably five park runs within a five, 10 kilometer radius of where I live. Um, but I'm quite happy to walk up to three hours, four hours to get to a park run, do park run and walk three or four hours back as well and make it a you know, my long walk for the, the week. Oh, well and truly. I mean, it's certainly sport for choice, uh, but that um, that's an incredible walking pace. Did that take a while to to reach that kind of pace, uh, I suppose, training, or has that always been a natural pace when you've moved into walking? I started walking in 2012, mm. and actually I started walking in 2010. Um, mm. We were living over here at the time, and I was back in New Zealand, and I did an ultramarathon, um, the Hutt River Trail race for the New Zealanders listening, and a 60-kilometre ultra, I actually won it that year as a runner, and I met this guy that had walked it, and he had finished only two hours behind me, um, and I was you know, reasonably impressed with that and got talking to him, and I'd never even considered walking up till then, and um, because I was always injured, I thought, well, you know, next time I'm injured, I'll give it a go, and um, I did, and um, so I spent two hours, uh, two years sort of dabbling with um, walking, and then 2012 got this injury, and and finally, um, you know, decided that was what I was going to do, and yeah, initially, I would have probably been walking, you know, eight-minute kilometre pace, 40-minute mm. park run sort of thing, and over a period of time, you know, I've trained my body to to you know, get more of a, a walking style, not necessarily what you see in the um, you know the elite Olympic mm. type um, race walking, but closer. And um, yes, yeah, so I can I can get under thirty on a good day nowadays. Oh, look, that's um, that's very impressive. And I understand you've also taken walking to some incredible lengths. I mean, you mentioned you you had that history of ultra marathoning. That's continued. Um, I understand also the very recent uh, was it the Lon Lus Ultra. Excuse the pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you pronounce it. That, that's that's the way I, I would pronounce it as well. But it's in Wales, so I'm sure it's got oh, a slightly I, different um, pronunciation. Yeah, my apologies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, that ultra marathon was just last week, um, mm. and it starts in Hollyhead, which is the northwest point of Wales, and effectively goes diagonally across Wales, across the mountain ranges, etc., um, down to Cardiff. Uh, 253 miles, 407 kilometres in in our language, and. <laughs> And um, has a total of over a park run in elevation, so five and a half thousand meters of elevation change from start to finish. So definitely not flat. <laughs> that particular race was a runner's race. Um, I mean, as most of the ultra marathons are that I compete in, um, they're running races that um, I'm generally the only walker. Although you know, races of that distance, most runners will walk as well. Mm. Anyway, um, I finished that in 90 hours and five minutes, so just under a park run an hour. Um, during that time, I had a total of about two hours sleep. Oh, my goodness. And the sleeping along the way, is is that very small intervals or do you group that uh, to a, a more substantial part? Well, what should have happened is if it, if it had gone smoothly, I would have got to the 100 miles and had a, a short sleep and then got to 150 miles and had another short sleep. They only had indoor checkpoints at 100 miles, 150 and 200 and, um, and then another short sleep at 200 miles. But I got to the 100 miles and couldn't sleep, then got to 125 miles feeling really good. And then by the time I got to 150, in fact, the next 25 miles, so just short of a marathon, took me, I think it was 11 and a half hours or something like that. Um, I was really shot. And unfortunately, I was um, 
at 125 miles, I was going so well that I actually knew that at around about 160 miles, there was a um, mm. park run that would be coming across. And at that stage, it looked like I could arrive at nine o'clock on Saturday morning in time for park run. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, I um, got to the 150 mile checkpoint 6.30. By the time I'd had my sleep and woken up again, I was nine o'clock and I didn't get through to the park run until one o'clock in the afternoon, which is possibly just as well because given the way the rest of the race went, uh, you know, it might have been a, a little bit. Um, embarrassing to say, well, that way through, he, he took a break and did a park run and then he didn't manage to finish or something like that. So, But I have been known <laughs> to do that sort of thing. Um, back in September, I did a park run on the way to a 24-hour track race because the track race didn't start until lunchtime and I had time to do a park run on the way. So, yeah, I always try and incorporate park running if I, if I can. Oh, that's splendid planning, that's for sure. I think yeah, another event I or you know, effort I've certainly become aware of is uh, the tube stations. Uh, can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, that was last year during lockdown. So, obviously, you know, lockdown in different countries was um, you know, had different um, impact on different people and, and, you know, got to be aware that, you know, for um, many people, um, you know, COVID has been devastating with a lot of lo- loss of life, etc. Mm. Fortunately, we were fairly lucky. Um, you know, I had to work from home, but we were still allowed to um, exercise outside and there was no restriction. You were allowed to exercise. In England, you were allowed to exercise once a day, no restriction on the amount of time. So once a day could be one hour or it could be five hours or 15 hours. It didn't really matter. And um, no real restriction on how far you went, although I was, you know, careful. And in fact, it was really good because um, a lot of lockdown, it meant that there's no one around. And especially when I was out training early in the morning, there was absolutely no one. And, and that was good. So I came up with a couple um, challenges for myself. And one of them was um, I decided to walk to every tube station in London. There's 270. Well, at the time, there were 270. Unfortunately, I didn't realise that they were due to open two new tube stations this year, <laughs> which they've done since. But um, at the time, I became the first person to walk to every single tube station um, non-stop. And that took me five days and 20 hours from the time I started to the time I finished. Um, I effectively did a loop, finished, starting and finishing at the same tube station. And total distance mm. was 525 kilometres or thereabouts. So um, averaging more or less 100 kilometres a day for, for five and a bit days. Oh, look, the, you have 10 points for creativity. Uh, what a way to keep yourself occupied and uh, keeping yourself going nat- naturally without all, all the events that uh, have since returned in some parts. So, uh, look, that's an incredible one. Very keen also to hear, I mean, your parkrun journey began, I think, as we mentioned back in 2008, uh, Richmond Park, uh, and you know, now, of course, approaching that 500 events. How did Parkrun enter your life? So, um, as I said, when we moved over here, we came over here in June 2008, and uh, it was late August, early September, I um, had decided I was going to join a Harrier Club. In fact, I hadn't been running um, for quite a while before we moved over here, and so my first goal when we moved over here was to get fit enough to join Harriers because I decided, you know, Everyone has um, sort of arbitrary targets, and my target was I wasn't going to join a Harrier Club until I could run 10 kilometres. So I spent roughly 10 weeks going from, you know, not having run for several months to to get fit enough to run 10K again. I did that end of August 2008 and then went to Harrier's the following week. And I think it was either that week or the next week, a guy was telling me about Parkrun, and I couldn't believe, you know, they had this free 5K event every week but I thought I'd go along um, and also uh, 9 o'clock on Saturday morning which I know you know in New Zealand we set up parkrun start at 8 o'clock in Australia the 
some place to stay earlier than that. Yes. Nine o'clock on a Saturday morning, I thought, you know, I'm not going to get up nine o'clock on Saturday morning to do a 5K, but I decided I would. And um, I was immediately, um, you know, just couldn't believe it. It was uh, it was such an amazing event, just all the people, the, the whole organisation. And back in those days, um, you know, we didn't have barcodes or anything. That was in the days when you had, um, you crossed the finish line, you had to register beforehand. Um, and if you wanted to do park run on Saturday, you had to have been registered by six o'clock on the Friday or, or whatever the cutoff mm. was. And once you were registered, you were registered for good. But um, uh, so you registered and then you um, turned up you ran, you got your little metal disc that had your place number on it. You went and stood in line, talked to someone that was behind a laptop computer. They looked up your name um, and matched your name to your place, and that's how you got your results. So I went into Richmond Park Run that first week, and then I discovered that there were four park runs within a reasonable distance of where I was. So the next week I went and did uh, Wimbledon, I think, and then I did another mm-hmm. one the following week, and then the fourth week I went and did Bushy Park park run um, which happened to be I mean as everyone knows Bush Park's the home of park run um, but it happened to also be their birthday um, so it would have been their fourth birthday and um, then after that I had to go back to New Zealand for work and it was back in New Zealand for pretty much for the summer and um, then we got back here in 2009 and um, then I actually decided um, when I got back I was going to do an Ironman not having owned a bike for 15 years or something um <laughs> i don't know i mean back in the early 90s but i decided i was going to do that and so um i decided to get back into park run bought a bike bought a wetsuit and that's how i spent my summer doing different park runs around the place and um and uh cycling to and from park run etc and never looked back park runs basically become a large part of my life and my family's life as a result yes yeah i look and understand the the family do all park run in in fact uh i think you were uh, if i'm not mistaken in attendance at the bushy juniors launch is yep. that right so um bushy juniors has been going 10 years as well now i think so i think they started 2000 and april 2011 perhaps and so if mm. that was the case my son would have been my youngest son would have been 10 at the time if it, it might have even been the year before i can't remember what year it was they actually started to be honest but he was one of i think seven at that first uh, bushy juniors park run and the following and they were only monthly in those days and the following month there were only four and he was there and by the time we left to move back to new zealand in 2012 he'd done every single um, bushy junior park run was the only person at that stage to have done every junior park run and um He's no longer a runner, but he got to a stage where he'd done, um, I don't know, 130-odd park runs and um, then became a teenager. And one day he might be back to it, but uh, you know, it's something in his past at the moment. Well, yes, yeah, it changes over time. And uh, yeah, there's certainly um, hopefully a lot of opportunity in, in future to welcome him back. But uh, nonetheless, as I mentioned in the introduction and you've alluded to it, you've had a bit of experience back in New Zealand with park run. Can you tell us a bit about the experience in starting Lower Heart as the first New Zealand park run? So end of 2011, we decided we were going to move back to New Zealand um, for various reasons. And we kind of hoped it would only be for a couple of years, but we didn't know at that stage. But it was definitely an opportunity to start up um, park run in New Zealand. And on New Year's Day 2012, they had they used to have the New Year's Day double. And I caught up with Paul Sinton Hewitt at one of the park runs that day. It was either Bushy or non-such park run. I can't remember which one I saw him at. And I told him we were going back to New Zealand. I knew Paul, you know, through park run because, you know, back in those days, park run was still fairly small. Everyone knew everyone else. 
anyway, I knew Paul and um, said I was going back to New Zealand and you know, we'd like to start parkrun up over there. And we were moving back in February. So we had sort of, you know, a period of time, six weeks or so to, to get things sorted out. And so um, Paul arranged for me to have some parkrun training over um, over here. I also spent the next six weeks or so touring just to make sure I got a bit of variety about different um, parkruns. Not that I, you know, I'd, I'd done quite a few different ones at that stage already. Mm. And then we got back to New Zealand February, um, late February 2012. And I immediately started looking for a suitable um, course and uh, getting you know council approval and things like that. One of the things I wanted was um, to have a park run that finished near a cafe and also had ample parking, ample free parking as well. Mm. So I found a suitable course and the actual original course we found, um, not a lot of people know this, but I found a course that was going to start on the opposite side of the river to where we start, where it starts now, and um, mm. go down one side of the river and back up the other because I thought, you know, that'd be a bit more interesting than just straight out and back. But... Um, uh, a week, two weeks, maybe three weeks before um, park run was due to start, there was torrential rain for about three days, and that part, part of that course was underwater for about a week after that. So, decided we better change our plans, and we um, went for an out and back on the other side where it is now. Pretty much, I believe the course is pretty much unchanged from when we first set it up. And um, as I say, the um, cafe was a big part of it. We, um, I didn't realise really that. Um, you know, people go to parkrun definitely now anyway maybe in the case right at the start and people go to parkrun for the social side more than the run and the, yes. they go there to ha- you know, have a coffee afterwards and the running's just you know, something they do um, we're also really lucky and it's worth mentioning that when I set up parkrun Firstly, going back to the family, the first um, park run, we had all my family volunteering, apart from my wife, who was overseas at the time. But we were very quick in establishing a core volunteer team. And um, uh, worth mentioning, a shout out to Kent Steed and Mark um, Malone, um, who were um, pretty quick in um, stepping up to become um, the part of the core team and come run directors, which was good because after about six or eight weeks, I had to go over to Dublin for work for I can't remember how long, about six weeks or so I was away. And um, so they were, they stepped in and um, and then I know Kent's moved up to Auckland since and been um, involved in a couple of the other park runs getting established up there. Um, but I believe Mark's still heavily involved in um, Lower Hutt Park Run. Um, I moved back to England in 2014, so I was involved as um, event director for two years before moving back. But, you know, still on a Friday night now, I sort of look on Facebook before I go to bed to see how many park runners turned up and you know, what's you know, happening in New Zealand. Oh, that's a lovely connection, and you know those, you know those early sprouts of community, you know, clearly can can go a long, long way. Um, uh, and it's been wonderful to see New Zealand grow and grow. And uh, I can only imagine you know, how that must feel looking back and and you know being involved in its its origin. Do you have plans to return when that's again possible? Yeah, I I would really have liked the opportunity to go back for the tenth anniversary of um, New Zealand Park Run in May of next year. Yes, but we're also hoping to go back Christmas of next year, and um, can't really afford to do both. But yeah, my plans, you know, going back a couple of years, were always um, that we I'd be back in New Zealand for that tenth anniversary. But that'll be a, a virtual celebration for me. Yeah. And the other thing is now, there's so many park runs in New Zealand that while I want to go back to Lower Hutt, I also want to go and do some of the um, the other new ones, um, especially Allison's one up in Rotorua. <laughs> but there's you know there's just so many park runs in New Zealand to choose from. I've only done uh, I think it's four different park runs in New Zealand, and now there's thirty plus. So support for choice again. Well, that's right. 
Yeah, it's easy to have a long list. I'll attest to that. Um, and I, as I take it, I mean, alongside volunteering, you've managed to complete some impressive tourism achievements nonetheless. Has that been driven by goals um, or is it just been part of the journey? Um, just, this just happened naturally. Um, a little bit um, goal-driven in the early days. So um, as I said, you know, before coming back to New Zealand in 2012, I did a little bit of tourism just to, to see a variety of different park runs. Then when we moved over here in 2014, I um, uh, started doing lots of different park runs and somewhere along the line, I realised that I knew we were going back to New Zealand in August 2015 and I worked out that if I did a different park run every single week between now and then, um, I would be able to do my 100th different park run in the Capital Coast park run which happens to be the town where I was born yeah so I thought well that's a, a goal to to do what ended up happening is we went back to New Zealand and we were staying in middle central North Island and Taupo um, and Rotorua park runs didn't exist in that, that um, time back 2015 in order to do my 100th at Capital Coast the following weekend I had to get up some at four in the morning and drive up to Hamilton to um, do their park run, my 99th <laughs> different park run, and then um, get back to um, where we were staying for some family celebrations that night. Then um, Captain Coast park run the following week and then Lower Hut the week after that, and that was my three weekends in New Zealand for that 2015 trip. And then since then, um, tourism really has been, you know, Occasionally, I'll do it um, because a friend has got a, a celebration, you know, the 100th different park run or the 250th park run or something like that, and, and I'll go and join that. But um, other than that, I don't, um, you know, I like to do different park runs for the last 10 weeks or whatever mm. since we resumed over here. I've done different park run every week, but I haven't done a new one. I've gone and done ones that I've done previously. And, um, you know, when there's an opportunity, I'll do a new one, but I'm not targeting it. I think I'm 138 or thereabouts, um, different park runs, but I've got no no goal as such to get to any particular number. Mm, well, I mean, what about highlights? Have you had any highlights uh, in terms of you know, any of the experiences, the countries, the park run courses? I mean, there was, must be so many to choose from, obviously. So given this is an Australian park run um, <laughs> podcast, I better mention my one and only Australian park run, I guess. Mm. Uh, around about 2013, I was in Adelaide for a conference and um, while the Saturday morning of the conference was due to start at nine o'clock or something like that, I figured that they wouldn't notice if I was a little bit late. <laughs> and um, so I I went for, I was still running um, a little bit, even though I was, um, you know, I was also walking, but I, I basically ran to Torrance Park Run, ran that and then ran back and then slipped in the pack door at the conference. So that was my only Australian park run. Um, probably my highlight would be um, Port Rush Park Run, top of Northern Ireland. Ah, so yes. um, that is the only park run. I know there's other park runs now, but that's the only park run I've ever done. That's 100% on a beach. Ah, yes. And I did that in, in June 2013. I was working in Dublin again at the time. And um, so while I was in Dublin, I firstly I did all the park runs in Republic of Ireland, there were only four at the time. So I then um, every weekend I'd head up to Northern Ireland and my 50th different park run was at Port Rush and that was definitely a, a highlight. And if anyone's getting to, you know, going to be in Northern Ireland, definitely in summer, I would recommend that. I'd say that possibly outside of Lower Hutt Park Run is possibly my favourite park run. But, uh, you know, there's so many different park runs, so they've all got highlights. Look, that's, uh, that's absolutely one for the list. I believe I've seen a few of the pictures there. Would be a spectacular one. Look, thank you for sharing, and I'm sure we could draw so many more examples from you. Um, one, one thing I did want to ask is another thing I understand is that you've, uh, amongst everything, 
you've authored a book, you know you are a runner. Um, so can you give us, a, I suppose, a brief rundown of, of the book? Thanks. Um, yeah, I, uh, again, this was about 2013. Um, I came up with this idea that uh, you know, let's um, create a humorous look at running, um, which um, the new you know you are a runner is um, 40 illustrated cartoons <laughs> or, or pictures. So an example is um, a guy running past a church um, and he can't go to church because it's, um, you know, Sunday's long run day. <laughs> and there are all sorts of things, you know, um, another one is, um, uh, yeah, I don't know about you, but whenever I go up an escalator in a shopping mm-hmm. centre, I stand on the edge of it so I can stretch my Achilles <laughs> tendons while I'm, you know, going up the escalator. And um, so we wrote that book and it's turned out to be quite popular, especially at Christmas time. We sell it on Amazon and we um, uh, find that, you know, especially around Christmas time, people were buying it as presents for, for other runners. So um, I emailed you about this um, and suggested that um, if we could mention it on this um, podcast, anyone that wants to search for it and buy that on Amazon Australia, we will give 25% of our royalty income from the sale of those books to um, Parker and Australia and hopefully they might use some of that money for Parkrun New Zealand, but um, yeah, they can do what they want with it. So basically any sales of, and we'll make it any of our books because mm. as well as um, You Know You Are a Runner, we've got um, eight books in the series. Oh. So any of the books, you, you, you Know You Are a Mother, You Know You Are a Teacher, You Know You Are an Engineer, et cetera, et cetera. Any of them that are sold on Amazon between, Amazon Australia, shall I say, between now and Christmas uh, end of December, mm-hmm. we will then um, send a, a check to Packer Australia in January for 25% of the royalties from those sales. Oh, look, thank you, Richard. It's very kind and I'll be sure to check it out. Um, it sounds very relatable. <laughs> very relatable. As um, uh, you know, as I say, they're all things that I've either noticed in myself or my, you know, my family have noticed in me or... Um, I'm sure anyone reading them will, will notice many of the characteristics um, in themselves or their, their fellow runners and and hopefully get a little bit of a laugh from it. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm sure they will. Uh, look, thank you very much, Richard, for your time and, and, of course, for all your support to Parkrun over the years to date. Uh, I want to wish you all the best for your next adventures and uh, hopefully we get to catch up with you not too far down the track. I mean, obviously, New Zealand's 10th anniversary coming up next year. So, um, yeah, we'll have to check back in and see how things are going. Until then, thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you, Richard. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to get to speak to Richard Mel. Uh, <laughs> some very impressive Ultra marathon efforts there, and I can't believe he walks them. Oh, I know. He can walk faster than I can run, Ollie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's some impressive walking. Um, it's, that's right up there. And uh, look, we'll be sure to, to share details of the book as well. So, um, yeah, look, stay tuned, everyone. Um, meanwhile, Mel, I believe we've got mail. You've got mail. We have, Ollie. We had more correspondence from Bruce who said, Geez, where did Septober go? We are now on that final stretch of Road to Zilmia. I've just got to say how enjoyable it's been watching others plan their own personal naughty parkrun journey to Zilmia. Thanks, everyone, for sharing your stories and a little bit about yourself. 
I guess many of us will log a noddy for Zilmia on the 30th, but there might be others who are lucky enough to do a real park run on that day. Don't stress, log earlier in the week or log on Sunday to join the Z train. And any internationals who can't log your noddies at Zilmia, come to Daz's cafe and show us your Z's. It might be a costume or a sign or anything to keep us connected. Thanks again, everyone, and a huge shout-out to Mel and Ollie for your support. And thank you very much, Bruce. Yeah, echo that, Mel. Bruce, you've done a fantastic job. Thank you again for the motivation, and we're all looking forward to Zilmir. We are. Yeah. I'll have to give some thought to a Z theme myself. All right. I've got an idea. I just have to find well so we've got retail opening up on friday so it's cutting it a bit fine but (laughs) i'm hopeful that i can source something heaps of time (laughs) and um of course we do look forward to seeing everyone's uh, everyone's sharing at uh, Dazza's as well. If you happen to be joining us at Zilmere and want to add it in there as well, we had a waterfall theme this week at Dazza's, Mel. <laughs> Surprisingly. That's right. That's right. I don't know what connection that yet. <laughs> so uh, Dazza in fine voice, and, I, you know, this is just a tribute as the song goes, but... Uh, <laughs> As Dazza said, don't go chasing water. No, I'm going to have to wrap it or something. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Well, not unless your name is Mel and you're an adventurer with a rubber chicken. Confused? In our defence, it's been a long lockdown. Please distract us with your Saturday morning tales. And sorry, there was no singing there. (laughs) And first up, we heard from Mandy Oliver, timekeeper at Surface Paradise Parkrun. No waterfalls, but a lake and a river. Absolutely on point there, Mandy. I think that's exactly what the lyrics say. So, <laughs> Greg Garner celebrating 100 parkruns for Victory Heights Trail Parkrun with cake. Louise Minty. I had a great run at Homestead Parkrun this morning. First encounter with Channel 5 news crew in the wild and a trolley pick taken for Mel. So it sounds like Louise spoke with Cam. I believe so. How about that? I know. Uh, And, yeah, hi, Louise, and thank you for the trolley photo. (laughs) (laughs) Cameron Drake. Perfect spring weather for an adventure out to Homestead Park Run and have a chat with the gang and maybe a run if there's time. Definitely didn't talk with Rodney. (laughs) Sarah said she was coming back. A fantastic location and a friendly and supportive crew. We'll be back now for coffee. Tracy Wood volunteered as barcode scanner this morning at Kedron with the Achilles crew. Also showed the Wagu Bridge Troll our lovely course with its three bridges. And we also heard from Pippa, Pippa White. And Pippa said to us, So, I did a real park run on Saturday typed out my update report for those who like to know that some parkrun is happening and promptly fell asleep. <laughs> I appear to have one of Peter Pullman's stickers on me now. I've woken up. <laughs> <laughs> Adventure time. Met up with two friends from RTR in Tooting, South London. One now living in a town with a river and a parkrun, Henley-on-Thames parkrun, about two hours drive from here and two and a half hours back. It was a two-lapper on narrow paths, not buggy or dog-friendly, and this really mean hill. 
no, no naughty words this week, but that Hill <laughs> needed the ball. <laughs> so having missed brekkie yesterday, I'm off to juniors. I'll come and grab a croissant and coffee after I've handed out finish tokens. Pippa added pre-junior naughty as a bonus a not junior 58 awesome kids beautiful sunshine coffee and almond croissant please dazza ah well done pippa and we heard from val warwick had a slightly drizzly park run at devonport this morning but not cold a great brekkie afterwards at drift with some of the others and phil olsen last minute panic as the planned park run was cancelled due to flooding Next most suitable added another 20 minutes to the planned two hours and 45 drive. Biggest disappointment was no coffee and cake. Oh, no. <laughs> Claire Stutchbury, event number 102 at Majurabar Park Run's eighth birthday today. Just three more weeks till we've completed 100 Aussie events. Oh, I hope the mud had subsided from yes. last week. Yeah. And Will, Will Barlow reported in, Ali Rowe and Will did hills. Very unusual. <laughs> <laughs> and our Bailey shot, Rebecca Bailey. Morning, Dazza. Today is a SPF kind of day, not only because it's very sunny and I'll need a high-level SPF sunscreen for my post-Dazza surf, but because I got to go back and do a Frito at my home park run course for the first time since lockdown. Cough, cough, Shell Harbour. Today is also my S day for the Alpha Noddy Challenge. No, I'm not recording it for Shell Harbour as I have already done Shell Harbour and I am recording for park runs I haven't been to. So instead of Shell Harbour, I have chosen Studley Park Run to receive my Noddy for today. Looks like it's a weekend in Melbourne for me with tea coming up tomorrow. Hashtag SPF. Four. I don't know what that four stands for. Do you? <laughs> I think that refers to the number of times you've you've mentioned the uh, oh, infamous okay. park run now. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> and Brett Bailey, naughty in Queenstown. We did most of the park run course after a big day at the wineries yesterday, followed by e-bike adventure around the lake today. And Tanya Bailey had a nice knotty walk this morning with Brett in Queenstown. Lovely course along the lakefront. And I did see those photos of mm. that lake. It looked magnificent. I can just sense the fresh air when I look at it. I can't wait to get back there. Oh, it was like a postcard. Yes. Absolutely. And Alison King ran a knotty for Queenstown Park Run plus a couple more kilometres and completed the Strava Climbing Challenge in the process. And Ingrid Botha ran by the beach this morning for the first time since June. Now about to sit down with some gluten-free pancakes. Paris did not run with me but is keen for pancakes. Image shows fluffy white dog licking her lips in anticipation. And we heard from Bernadette Bennett. Also ran a beach this morning as a knotty in Woolgooga, logged for West Beach. Pancakes are also now on order. <laughs> I feel like I'm copying Ingrid Botha. One could do worse. <laughs> Photo shows husband in distance. <laughs> <laughs> and Sonia Pullman, a lovely walk around a neighbouring suburb. Pullman for scale. <laughs> <laughs> Refer photo. Um, 
Pullman included. And we heard from Peter Pullman, another suburb run in street signs and plenty of good street art found. There's a linkage there to the previous one. May not have actually run Maitland, which was, of course, the street sign. And uh, Peter went on to add, and for parkrun adventurers, sticker slapping is street art, like an alternative to straight graffiti tagging. The slapper tags on stickers, then slaps them on the wall as they walk by, so as to remain inconspicuous to authorities. The practice is huge in urban areas, and sites typically focus on pillar boxes, utilities, street signs, and drain pipes. Hmm. So thank you, Peter. It's good to get a, you know, a bit more context and a bit of feedback, and I'm really going to be looking out for that now. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That definitely helped me get a bit of understanding. Thanks, Peter. And we heard from Andrew Turner. We had a big increase in numbers at Footscray, not Parkrun today, with a massive seven finishes. I don't know. You Victorians are living it up now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Too soon. Sorry. Too Um, soon. Too soon. Slightly fewer puddles this week and a PB for me. Well done, Andrew. Mm -hmm. Simon Mackley, a naughty slash freedom run at Greenway Park Run this morning. Beautiful morning for it and a great chat with Kel Walker. And Abigail's mum. 10 kilometres along the Wurby River again this not parkrun day, followed by a panini and coffee in the piazza. And I'm wondering where my invitation is just quietly. (laughs) Sam Schroeder. I got some vitamin C while logging a knotty for Trendy Tool and Creek today, Dazza. It made me very happy to see the sea again. And Tony O'Connell. Latte and a slice of raspberry and white chocolate cake, please. Went and found a smaller waterfall for Melissa. Well, I don't know that that was smaller. That looked like a pretty good waterfall to me. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was that was a pretty tidy waterfall as well. So, yeah, a few parkrunners there, a few parkrun adventurers following the brief well. So Dazza was very impressed, I heard. Mm-hmm. Now, last but certainly not least, uh, Michael Scott gave us another September update. He went to say, hi, Dazza and team. September update completed Nil, Ocean View, Port Ferry, Queen's Rocks, Railton and St. Peter's since last update. On track to complete alphabet at Zilmere next Saturday, including an X on an X-shaped course virtually at Apple Cross or Apple X. In this case, Camino update. I am 182 kilometers in after 28 days, only 592 kilometers to go. I passed through Pamplona a week ago, but missed the running of the bulls. Can't wait for the restart of Real Park Run in New South Wales on the 4th of December. Thank you, Michael. Well done on your progress on your Camino. That's right. Yeah. You have to find a cow paddock, Michael, just to make up for the running of the bulls. (laughs) (laughs) So great tales from Dazz's this week, Ollie. It certainly was. Yes. But it's time now to throw to Caveman Cam and the informant for this week's updates. Good morning, everyone. It's Cam here reporting in for the Parker and Adventurers Channel 5 News crew. And I'm here at the absolutely delightful looking Homestead Park Run. Except it's not the launch, it's event number two because I missed out last week. But here we are anyway. 
and it is a fantastic day. Blue skies, sun's out, no clouds. We've got a lovely run right next to the river and this place looks perfect. So dear listener, let me paint you a picture. It's 50 metres to go and whether you've got a little bit left in the tank or you've given it or you're all, you're really looking forward to crossing that finish line. But behind you, you can hear it. Clomp, 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 clomp. And you turn around and look and suddenly at 40 metres, there's someone come out of nowhere who's shoulder to shoulder with you. And by the time it's 30 metres, your brain starts reacting and going, what is happening here? It's 20 metres to go and you start thinking, no, no, that's not right. And by the time you get to 10 metres before the finish line, they've just crossed it. What's happened? You've been pipped at the post. Does this happen often? Well, I've volunteered at Finish Tokens and Timekeeper enough to say, yes, absolutely it happens. Let's see if it happens to other people too. All right, everyone, I'm here with Kevin. And Kevin, what are you doing today? Car Park Marshall, Homestead Park Run. That's fantastic. I've never talked to a car park marshal before. Tracy, hint, hint. Now, Kevin, I'm talking to people about getting pipped at the post, just at the finish line. Someone steaming past you. Has this ever happened to you? Funny story, because I was the timekeeper last week. Oh, and how did that go? I was just talking to a guy literally 10 minutes ago who was complaining about the fact that I hit the stopwatch and his wife passed him and the token giver swapped them around <laughs> oh. tongue-in-cheek joke you know so well it was uh people do get quite upset about it <laughs> but it's usually top 20 finishers that will have the problem so it's, it's not anything that you've ever done at all ever is it no i honestly i don't know <laughs> that's a yes if ever i heard one <laughs> i might have <laughs> well there, the cat's out of the bag. It happens, and I'm not the only one. All right, Kevin, well, thanks for having a chat, and I hope you have a lovely time marshalling these cars. Yeah, well, I hope you're running as well, so good luck. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks. All right, gang, I'm here with... Ashley. And Michael. And Blake. <laughs> All right, Ashley, Michael, and Blake. Now, I wanted to ask you, has anyone run past you in the last 10 metres just before the end of park run? Yes, uh, mostly Michael and my little brother when they try to get me my PBs because they're rude. <laughs> but they're trying to help you. They are. They do promise that they're not going to do it every single time and then still do it um, just to try and push me past even further, but it doesn't quite work. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'm safe yourself. Well, <laughs> I'm definitely guilty of it a few times, not just to Ashley, but to some other random people. I remember at um, Champion Lakes, um, some guy overtook me about halfway, and then I got to him towards the oh, maybe the last hundred meters, and he heard me coming because I was steamrolling all the way back there, and then he started increasing his pace, and I just shot right past me. And said, "Oh, bugger!" But yeah, a little bit of a laugh, I guess. I do feel a little mean. A little bit. Now, Mean would be turning around and looking as you cross the finish line and smiling. Yeah. Oh, the thumbs up. Yeah. Oh, the thumbs up. How about yourself? I'm definitely guilty of doing it myself. Um, yeah, numerous occasions, I think. Uh, last week here, it wasn't quite at the end. It might have been about 100, maybe 50 metres to go. And I put the jets on and they couldn't stay with me. But I've done it on numerous occasions. So really you do it just for fun, even though when it happens to some happens to you, it's not quite as fun. Would that be the general consensus here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say so, yeah. Uh, it's much. never happened to me. <laughs> never? Never. Blake's too quick. <laughs> All right, I look forward to seeing you at the front then, eh? All right, thanks for chatting, gang. I'll see you out there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
I'm here with Alan. Now, Alan, I think I think the group has stitched you up because when I asked, does anyone run past the other people just in front of the finish line, everyone pointed at you. Now, what have you got to say for yourself? It's not a race. <laughs> That's right. It's a run. It's not a race. No, I'm very competitive. Well, it's it's not a race up until the last 50 metres. Then all bets are off, isn't that right? That's right. Especially when there's young kids around. Are you giving you the elbow? Oh, you got to show them who's boss, don't you? That's right. That's me. So no one ever does that to you in, t in return? Yes, they do it all the time. Is that because you do it all the time? Uh, no, not necessarily. There's a lot of competitive people out there. Ah, so you tell the competitive people it's not a it's a run, not a race, and then just go past them at the finish line, yeah? Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all about the time at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, and, and the position. Ah, and it helps you get a bit of a PB every now and then, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I haven't had one of those for about seven years now, but... Well, it's a long time between drinks, but tell you what, if I see you out there, I'll start running, OK? Thank you. Cheers, Alan. Cheers. Okay, everyone, I'm here with Louise. Now, Louise, you confessed something as I caught up to you. I what did. was that? I confessed that I am a parkour and adventurer, a and podcast listener. Now, just to confirm <laughs> things, because there may have been some uh, aspersions cast my way, can you name any number of the other reporters or the current hosts? Uh, Mel and Ollie. Anybody Mel, else? Ollie um, Tanya the Tutu. Perfect, thank and you. Talk. PK. <laughs> there you go, guys. It wasn't a fluke. Now, I've come here to Homestead. This is gorgeous, isn't it? It's beautiful, yeah. Lovely. I love nice running around. Oh, I love running around rivers. Lots of trees yeah. guaranteed. Yeah. Beautiful. Now, I was asking people if you've ever experienced the phenomenon of when you're just approaching the finish line and some dirty sausage steamrolls past you at the very end and pips you at the post. Has that ever happened to you? It has, yeah. Usually my partner does that to me, yeah. I, I hear that happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, drag him all the way around the course and then he just kills me at the end. And, and you, you wouldn't be guilty of this at, at all, would you? My legs aren't long enough to do that to him, unfortunately. And no one else? I try not to. Never been, oh, you try not to, but you have? I, no, I don't think I have. Or I feel guilty about it because it's a parkrun thing. You just It's not a race. I know, but it's funny. <laughs> it's, it's only a race between me and my partner. So. Oh, well, yeah. when the finish line is in sight and there's two runners on the same bit of track, it's on like Donkey really? Kong as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I suppose people are used to that, aren't they? It's just how we are. It's just a bit of harmless fun, <laughs> it isn't is, it? Yeah. Well, thanks for the chat, Louise, and no I hope worries. to see you around. Thank you. All right, everyone, I'm here with... Rodney Glossop. Oh, I can't talk to you. All right, everyone, I'm here with today's run director, Clint. Clint, congratulations on another wonderful event. Thank you very much. Very excited. Our second uh, event here at Homestead and my first ever as the run director. So. Oh, congratulations. Well done. That was a good turnout today, wasn't it? No, it was good. Yeah, I reckon probably uh, up around 200 today, which is pretty awesome. 200, yeah. It looked like a great turnout. Now, the thing that everyone's going to want to know is, where's the nearest coffee and sausage roll? Where am I going to get that? Nearest one, we have our, our sponsors, Jamaica Blue, just over in Thornley and Forest Lakes. Uh, if you do volunteer, they've actually got a, uh, a voucher for a free coffee as well. So. Oh, now that's an incentive to volunteer, isn't it? <laughs> that's what you need. Well, I'll let you get back to it, and uh, thanks for uh, running a great event today. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers. Well, that's about it from me today. I hope you've managed to get out today and run a park run or a not park run or just managed to get out the door. It's all good. All right, gang, I'll speak to you next week or maybe the week after or whenever we catch up. See ya. This is the informant. These are unofficial stats. They are only current at the time they are collected and may differ from the stats you read elsewhere.
It has been a blockbuster week with many global stats breaking post-COVID records. We have had records in a number of events held, number of launches, number of runners, and the number of 50 milestones. There were 211 runs held in Australia, up six on last week. This was out of 1,440 worldwide across 18 countries. There were nine launches, locally at Anstey Hill Recreation Park, South Australia, one in Germany, four in Ireland, one in Japan, and two in the United Kingdom. Aussie attendance was up by 16 to 20,858 out of 174,751 worldwide, which is up 1,748 on last week. Down under we had 1,974 PBs, while 755 people participated for the first time. 41 juniors reached their junior 10 milestone, 98 people reached their 50 milestone, 61 reached their 100 milestone, and 18 people reached their 250 milestone. Eight people called bingo. Rosyshenko was the quickest with 166 events, while Vern Lawson was the slowest on 311 events. Just one new statesperson this week, Robert Gilroy in the Northern Territory. In the top 20 events list, Neil Scott is now 19th outright after running at Raynella East, leaving Brendan and Janine Sellers behind on 20. Overall biggest mover was Graham Totty, who jumped up 13 places to 236 at Marina. Another week of high activity on the Wilson Index with 252 increases. Biggest mover is Alison Jones, who went up from 1 to 17. She was closely followed by Trevor Carpenter, who went from 20 to 35, which also saw him enter the top 10 South Australians in 6th place. Another brief no-nonsense report. If you would like to see these stats in full, you can download your own spreadsheet, look for the informant on Facebook, or visit the blog at www.theinformant.me. That's the informant, all one word, .me. And thank you to our informant and to Cam for a fantastic roving report from Homestead. It was great to hear from a number of our park runners there and to not hear from some of them as well. <laughs> yes. Uh, well done, Cam, for yes. not talking to Rodney. That's right. And, Mel, have you been pipped to the post? Uh, probably, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, the one time my son did come to park run early on, He was determined not to let his mother beat him in a park run (laughs) and he did that sprint finish to overtake me and then vomited at the finish. (laughs) (laughs) God bless him. Paid the price, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you? Plenty of times. All the time. All the time. That'd be like... 2% 2% of the parkrun population that would be able to um, overtake you. <laughs> oh, there's always someone. There's always someone, yes. But oh, it's part of the fun. It's part of the motivation that keeps us going. 100%, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I was going to say, speaking of motivation, Mel, mm-hmm. also motivating are our clubs. There are. So we've got an update on mm-hmm. our Adventurers Parkrun Club. We are up one, Ollie, this week to hey. 57. Excellent. I don't know who it was. If you want to own up, please let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was Scotty. Maybe. 
Mm. Maybe. Uh, so this week we had 57 members now in our Adventurers Club with 20 this week on the Consolidated Club Report and 23 members logging notties this week. As far as not park runs in Australia go, Ollie, Wyndham Vale topped the list with 44. We had Coonwara second on 43, so only one behind. Well done, Cooney. And Campbelltown coming in third with 38. Well done to our not park runners. And long jumping down the list to Shell Harbour. Shell Harbour on 13. And Toolan Creek with five. A couple of visitors there for Toolan Creek this week. And I think Shell Harbour as well. Yes. Yes, we're seeing a few visits still popping up. Let's see what happens this coming week. Mm -hmm. But over in New Zealand, our Not Park Runs recorded, uh, we had Hamilton Lake topping with 64. So again, our Kiwi Not Park Runners um, topping the consolidated list there across the two countries. Mm -hmm. Whangarei, 42, and Anderson, 30. So uh, some very strong efforts. Well done, everyone. Well done. Now, Mel, we made the mention early in the pod about some news. Um, We were almost going to forget to include this. That's no, that that's not true. I'm not uh, sure about that. I no. think it's a big announcement, Ollie. <laughs> that's a big announcement. Uh, it's been one we've been looking forward to making with shadows of doubt everywhere, given you know restrictions have been moving all over the place, all over the country, and we've still got a lot of a lot of things to change. But um, just in case I'm not being clear enough, because I know that I've got a <laughs> habit of doing that. I'm going to hand it over to you, Mel, to uh, to share that news. We have an announcement of Palm 2022. It's going to be dun dun dun. Where in Tasmania? We know this. Yes, at Bell Reeve Park Run on the fifth of March in 2022. How about that? Exciting. Yes. We've got a venue and a date. So book it in. But disclaimer, we don't know if COVID restrictions <laughs> are going to put a spanner in our works. So please be mindful of that if you book. As much as we want this event to go forward on this date, it is subject to uh, border restrictions allowing us to to progress. That's right. Yeah. So check check the terms of your bookings. Uh, I know that I've been mostly lucky with some of the cancellations, but it's always the old one, the accommodation ones. Sometimes keep an eye out. Uh, and hey, I, I think by the time the pod is out, let's let's count it from next not park run day. Mel, that'll be about 125, 126 days to go. Wow. How did you work that out? Uh, maths. <laughs> okay. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Yes, but how exciting. So we're excited to go to Tassie. We're actually really excited to be going to Belle Reve. And on the Sunday, so that'll be the 6th. 6th, yes. Uh, there's an event, a small local running event that we are also hoping to to be involved with and take part in in Belle Reve that runs on part of the Belle Reve Park Run course. That's right. So... 
a good opportunity for everyone to, to get involved and just you know keep the fun going. Of course, we'll throw in as many notties as we can. Freedom runs, I should say. Definitely, yep. And, and the, the essential Friday catch-ups, yes. And the Saturday night dress-up and the Sunday running event. And thank you very much to Talk for figuring out that there was an event and that this was a good location. That's right. Talk's been in the background helping us out with these things, so thank you to him for that. I can't take any credit for this one, so, uh, yeah. Yep, no, nothing to do with you, Ollie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the organising committee are the brains and, and the passion behind Palm and, uh, look, for anyone that hasn't experienced it, uh, it's well worth well worth the trip. Uh, we look forward to sharing it with you all. We hope that many of you can make it. Uh, and for those that join us in spirit, you know, for, for another one in, t- in due course down the track. But we look forward to catching up with everyone. We do. But I think that's it for this week, Ollie. Anything else that we've forgotten? I think we covered it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's all my notes. So, as always, you can contact us via Facebook or on our email, which is parkrunadventurers at gmail.com. That's it for another week, and we'll see you all next week for more adventures. at school and I got to have an ice cream for lunch and me and mum went for a walk at Wyndham Vale Park Run. I'm excited because I get to go back to school as well. Bye everyone, stay safe!